thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. So I had a phone call Friday morning uh, from Bob Gage. Lori's probably the only one that's going to know who Bob Gage is because she's talked to him. He is the president of the Baptist Loan Department at the Baptist General Convention in Texas. And so he calls me on my cell phone after I had coffee with the guys about 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And I answered. I just said, this is Jeff. And this is all he said. What in the world are y'all doing out there? That's all he said. That's the first thing he said. I'm like, what in the world? We're going to freak is on the phone. Because I, I don't have his number saved. I, this is the unlisted number. And, and he said, you didn't pay that thing off, preacher? You didn't pay that off? What are y'all doing out there? And I said, man, we're just having church. We're just having church. I don't know what, I mean, I know that's a simple, simple answer. But folks, I'm going to tell you, I was standing down here while we were worshiping. We're, we're not doing anything different than we did from day one. We're just having church. We're just having church. There's not some fancy-pantsy program and some big deal that we're doing. We're just, we're just having church. I mean, Acts, they just had church, and God added to their numbers daily those being saved. That's it. And so I just, I'm just a weird preacher guy who believes that Acts 2 was the real deal, and if you do it today you still get the same results. And we just try to do church. And when you get in the presence of the king and you do church, great things happen, amen. Great things happen. And so I'm grateful and honored to be the pastor of this church. And I mean that. Hey, we are in a series called Put Off, Put On. And I don't want you to be concerned about the time. Uh, I used my time on the debt thing. And so my preaching time has been shaved quite a bit, and I'm going to be good. And I know some of you are loyal to the 12 o'clock kickoff with that star on the helmet. And bless your hearts, I'm going to let you get to see every bit of it. Ah, as hard as that might be, you're going to get to see it all, okay? <laughs> oh, don't speak that on them, all right? Pat, don't want to lose, all right? I don't want you to get attacked. There's some people that eat... <laughs> Eat, bleed, man, Mark and Heather might be hearing you. They even run over here in their uniforms. And so, but, but I'll get you out, I promise. We're, here's what I'm going to do with this put-off, put-on deal. This stuff is so, it's meaty. And so I, what I told Paxton was, I don't want to give you too much because I don't, I'm, I want us to be able to take it in without being overwhelmed by it. Does that make sense? Because I want to give you enough that you can chew on and, and not gag on. I mean, a baby will like a ribeye one day, but not at six months. Amen? And so they don't know what to do with all of that. Okay? And so um, I'm going to give you a little bit, and we're going to chew on it. And, and trust me, this, is, this put off, put on stuff is, is, not, is not easy. Okay? So, so understand, I'm very conscious of the time, and I won't keep you too long. But I want to set it up. Put on, put off. Two, two passages I want you to go to. Um, Go to 2 Corinthians 5.17 first, 2 Corinthians 5.17, and then you can flip over a little bit to Galatians 2.20. And we'll probably look at these each time because it's all in this reference that he, that he pins this stuff, okay? Look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, and we won't talk about therefore anymore because therefore we got enough time last week on that. All right? Therefore, if anyone, okay, anyone, okay, is in Christ. He is a new creation. I just want you to, you got to get that, okay? I think we read it too fast. The old has gone and the new has come. 
If anyone, he's not partial, if anyone, okay? Now go to Galatians, flip over just a little bit. Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Okay? The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The hardest part of that text right there is, and I no longer live. That, that's, that's the kicker right there. And I no longer live. I mean, that, you, you almost have to say that daily when you jump out of bed. And I no longer live. Because if you don't crucify the flesh each day, the flesh is going to rear its ugly head. You say, well, what if I'm born again? It says that the old is gone and the new has come. Mm, you better be careful, okay? you got to crucify that flesh every day. You've been redeemed. You've been made new. You've been transformed by the blood of Christ. But I'm going to tell you something. You live in a fallen world with a bunch of fallen people, and you have a, you have the, you have a desire inside of you, the flesh inside of you, that is constantly wanting to rear its ugly head. Every single day it wants to do it, okay? There's a lot of things that you want to do in the flesh that you have to say, mm -mm, I can't do that. I can't do that, okay? You got to bite your tongue, turn the other cheek, look the other way, whatever you need to do, but you're going to have to crucify it. Now go to the text. Go to Ephesians. This is where we are kind of make a living. Ephesians 4, look at verse 20. I'll read uh, 20 through 25 today. 20 through 24 is just the setup from, from last week. Ephesians 4, verse 20. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. He's talking about Gentiles. You heard of him and were taught in him according to the truth that is in Jesus. And watch this. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, here's our text for the day. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood. Some of your Bibles may say lying, okay? But put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Now, I want you to look at falsehood, okay? Falsehood is simply this, to bear false witness, to be fake, not being yourself, to lie. That doesn't sound fun, does it? It's interesting. You, you don't, don't get in the trap where he, you say, well, he's writing this to the lost people. Mm-mm. He's not even writing this text to lost people. He over and over and over again says, you did not come to Christ that way. Uh-oh. Well, I did that in. I can, he's not talking to lost people. No, he's not. He's talking the born again, once blind but now see, child of the kings. I mean, these people are redeemed, transformed. They're new. They're in Christ. These are believers. Okay? He is saying 
Do not have falsehood. Put off falsehood. Put off living a lie. Living a lie. Not being what you really are. Now, this week, from last Sunday at noon to today at 10.15, how are we doing? Any time in there that we've put off or put a, a demonstrated falsehood, have we said we're something that we're not? Have we claimed this but lived this? Have we said this but this came out of our mouth? Because what Paul is saying is this. The world out there, all they're wanting to do, they're just waiting for an excuse to say Jesus is a joke. And when we as the church out there in the mission field live like them, act like them, chew like them, smell like them, address like them, there's no separation between us. And so when we say, man, you ought to come to our church. Why? Why? Because don't you go there? Mm-hmm. Well, dude, if you hadn't figured it out yet, you and I work together, you and I hang out together, and, and there's no difference between me and you except I sleep in on Sunday morning, and I don't feel guilty. And that's what he's saying. we got to put off falsehood. we got to put off lying or living out a lie. And he starts right at the beginning by saying the number one thing that we have got to put on is who we really are in Christ. That's what we need to live out of. Now you say, well, Jeff, that's extremely difficult to do. Yes, it is. That's hard to do. I'm a pastor, and I'm going to tell you, you pinch me, I'm screaming. You step on my toe, I'm going to feel it. I'm not any different than you, okay? Trust me. If you don't believe me, ask Melissa, okay? But I'm telling you, there's nothing different about me and you. And every single day, you have to tell yourself You have to crucify flesh. You have to surrender because if you don't, that old flesh, that carnal self is going to rear its ugly head and you're going to want to appease the flesh. You're going to want to. And some of us have to understand something, that we may not be strong enough at this point. We may not be mature enough at this point to put ourselves in some of the situations and circumstances and atmospheres that we put ourselves in. I mean, I've met people say, man, once I give my life to Christ, I'm going back to the bar. I'm a witness to all them guys I used to drink with. Mm, That probably doesn't going to work out real well, okay? I'm just telling you, you... I mean, I know they're born again. I know they're changed. I know they're saved. I know it just happens like that. But sometimes, man, you've got to grow a little bit before you can walk back into the, to the wilderness and do that. Sometimes they'll swallow you whole. They'll swallow you whole, okay? Because it's not that you don't love Jesus. It's not that you don't want to be what God wants you to be. It's you're not there yet, okay? You're not there yet, Okay? I used to tell students all the time, I don't, you need to go and be a part of lost people. Don't, I mean, I know you want your closest friends to be Christians, but you have got to be able to go into the lost world and share Christ. But you've got to be very careful, as Scripture says, that when you're out there in that environment with those people, that they don't suck you in because they'll want to suck you in. And you'll fill a pool to do it, okay, to be like the boys, to be one of them, okay? But I'm going to tell you something. We're in a watching world, and they're looking at the church. 
And they're asking the simple question. They get up, they go to church. Is there something really different about them? I'm going to tell you there is. There should be. One of the great things about this church is, there's many great things about this church, but one of the many things, one of the things I love the most about this church is that the people of this church are flat out real. They're just real, man. They're real. And, and, and they're, they're, they're enjoying the, the, the presence of a real, authentic God who is absolutely changing their life daily. And when you walk into the worship service, we are just a bunch of real people worshiping a real God, having a real experience with a real king. That's it. And real people produce real change because we met with the real king. And that's the beauty of it. And so what Paul's saying right off the beginning here, folks, is you got to put off falsehood. Don't live out a lie. Be true to yourself. Be true to yourself. And, and, and why he says over and over again in the scripture, you must die to self. You must put on the new self. You must crucify the old self. I no longer live. That stuff's got to continue to be a pattern of your life. You've got to constantly tell yourself, I die to self. I surrender. I give it up. I'm not carrying it. I lay it down. And I don't, I'm, not, I'm not strong enough yet to go here. I'm not strong enough to do that. I'm not strong enough to be there, okay? You've got to know yourself. Don't put yourself out there, okay, if you know you're not ready. But you've got to put off falsehood. Let's look at what else he says. My eye on the clock, all right? It says you must put off falsehood or lying and speak truthfully to his neighbor. You say, well, I don't even like my neighbor. I never talked to him anyway, so I'm good to go. <laughs> Here's the deal. Your neighbor is anybody that's not yourself. Okay? Your neighbor is anybody that's not yourself. Okay? Now, you may talk to yourself, and that's fine. And I hope that goes well. All right? And you may lie to yourself, but you shouldn't. You need to speak truthfully to yourself. Okay? All right? So here's the deal. He's saying you got to speak truthfully. Okay? about your neighbor, anyone other than yourself, okay? Let's look at it. The practice, and I love that, it's the practice. We haven't perfected it, okay? Speaking truthfully is the practice of speaking what is true. The practice of speaking what is true, okay? The practice of being true to yourself, Mm. The practice of speaking what is true, the practice of being true to oneself. I want you to go to Proverbs. Go to Proverbs chapter 12. We call Proverbs the wisdom book, okay? Proverbs chapter 12. Let's look at 17 first. Proverbs 12, 17. A truthful witness gives honest testimony, but a false witness tells lies. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Verse 19, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. Skip down to 22. The Lord detests lying lips. But he delights in men who are truthful. Now, I hope I'm not speaking to someone or some, some ones in here who have a problem with lying. Okay? 
But, but here's what I want you to understand. If you are a born-again child of the King, if, you are, 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 if, if Jesus Christ, because of the cross, has made you a new creation, and you truly have met Jesus, I have no idea, apart from your stubbornness, how you can lie as a born-again child of the King. I don't even know how you can do it. Because the Holy Spirit of God lives in you, and it would almost have to be that Jesus is a liar himself for his children to lie. Because Jesus said, I am the way and the truth, and no one comes to the Father except through me. I hope that wasn't a lie. He can't lie. He can't lie. He is the way. He is the truth. And in us is the Spirit of God. And in us is His Holy Spirit. And, and you may have said the lie, but I'm hoping and praying that one of the Holy Spirit checks of salvation is this. If you lied as a born-again child of the King, as soon as you said it, you felt bad. Because if you did not, mm, that's a whole nother deal. If you can call yourself a child of the king and lie habitually and not feel bad about it, you and I need to really discuss and look at Scripture and see what Scripture says if ever you have ever been born again. I've lied before, but as soon as I said it, I knew I was, it, it was bad. I knew I lied. I knew I lied. And I couldn't stand it when my little mom would turn to me and she says, Jeff, did you tell me the truth? All eternity stops right there. And I'm like, Jesus is like not even paying attention to any other sand in the world. All the little people of the world, he's like, waiting on you, Jeff. Waiting on you. What you going to say? And I'm like, killing me, okay? I mean, I tell Brett and Natalie all the time. Now that you're saved, you can't lie. You can't lie. Natalie's little lip does a thing. She can't even stop it. Melissa and I crack up. Tries to tell us, does this little, I can't even do it. It's just a little thing. I said, hey, your lip's doing that thing. <laughs> it's great. I think God looks at us that way. He looks at us and goes, hey, man, your lip's doing that thing. Because we, as a born-again child of the king, we've got to be able to speak truthfully. The Bible says speak truth in love, all right? There's a way to speak truthfully, okay? There's a way to say what you want to say and say it in love. But I think this lying thing, we as believers, we can't, because we know the king, I don't know how the Holy Spirit in us allows us to lie. And it's a big deal, man. It's a real big deal. You say, well, you know, if I get my kids in a youth group and I, and I get them to youth camp, and all this other stuff, they, they won't lie. Well, don't, don't let them smoke your chili. I've, I've done 18 years of student ministry. The little deacon kid look at me and just lie. I mean, look right at me and lie. I mean, I've had preacher's kids look right at me and lie. I'm like, you're lying. No, I'm not. I'm like, you're lying. I'm, I promise you you're lying. I mean, I got video. I got audio. I mean, I got it all, and you're still lying. We can't, you shouldn't be able to do that. That's what he's saying. You got to be able to not live in falsehood, Revelation says that he would rather you be hot or cold 
Because if you're lukewarm, he says, I'm going to throw up. That's what he says. And so if we are putting on falsehood, living a lie, or speaking lies, or saying lies, we make him want to throw up. We make him want to throw up. And I hope and pray that us as believers, as King's kids, look at our lives and say, God, this, this area of my life, I, I have a tendency to, to, to live lies. I, I say I'm this, but I'm not. I'm not. And I tend to not speak truthfully. I, I, I tend to lie. And, 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 and I, I, don't, I don't want to. I don't mean to. It just comes out. And, and, and it's two things here. If you're in one of those camps, there's only two answers. Number one, you don't have the power in you not to do that. Or two, you have the power in you to do that, but you won't crucify it to allow him to, to live through you because you're still trying to live through it. And, and, and Paul is saying right off the beginning, you've got to put off and put on. If you're going to put on my righteousness, you've got to put off this because this is not me. This is not me. I know you're bearing my name, going out there saying you're this and all this other stuff, but when we look at your lives, when I look at your life, it's not bearing that fruit, and it disturbs me. And you've got to put off falsehood, living a lie, and you've got to learn to speak truthfully. And quit lying. Quit lying. <laughs> I had a kid one time say, Preacher, my lying is so bad, I lie in my prayer. <laughs> hey, you're probably not alone, dude, okay? I lie in my prayer. That's not good, okay? So here's the deal. Before we go to invitation, here's what I want you to understand. Paul is not speaking to lost people. So don't excuse yourself and say, well, I'm not saved anyway, so he, you know, I'm off the hook. No, he is saying to people that are born again, child of the king, you've got to put off falsehood, and you've got to speak truthfully. And if this is the areas of your life that you struggle in, okay, because I think we all at times struggle in the falsehood thing, okay, we've got to surrender that, okay? First of all, what we try to do is, it's kind of like when you send your kids to take a bath, we don't ever use the soap to cleanse our body, we just change clothes, do you know what odor does eventually? It penetrates the outer garment. And so if we as children of the king who have been bought by the blood of the lamb, who the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, if, if we truly are born again, the aroma of Christ will come through our garments. But if the opposite is true, the stink of sin and not being born again will come through our garments even if we go to church and put nice, shiny, new stuff on. Manufactured Christianity does not work. I go to church, I think it's going to make me a Christian. I hang out with people who are Christians because I want them to rub off on me. I marry a Christian because I'm thinking if I marry a Christian, it will please God and he will bless me. He said, nobody does those three, right? Oh, mm-hmm. My friends, the most miserable person in the world are the people who try those three things in church. Thinking that they can walk in a building and become what, what fills the building. Mm -mm. 
I'm sorry, I've said it before, and I know it's corny, but you can't go to McDonald's and become a french fry. You, just can't, you can't go to McDonald's and become a Happy Meal. It doesn't work like that, okay? I'm thankful it doesn't, all right? But you can't do that. The building will not change you. The chair won't change you. Great worship won't change you. Jesus will change you, okay? You cannot hang out with the right people and begin to emulate them and their behavior and think that you are a Christian because you're doing that. That does not make you a Christian, Okay, it does not. Okay, you can't marry a believer and think that because you've married a believer, you, because you've become one flesh, now are both Christians. I had a guy tell me that in marriage counseling. Scripture says we've become one flesh. She's saved, I'm not, so now we're both saved. I said, no. She can't, no. I'm sorry. No. It's not work like that. Okay. Manufactured Christianity doesn't work. You can't change the garment without changing the inside because eventually the stink comes out. And, we, and we've got churches full of that stuff, man, full of it. And so today, if you're there, if you're struggling with falsehood and speaking the truth and telling lies, because the problem is deeper than that, because the inner core is not right with God, and so whatever garment you put on over it has not done the trick. It's just left you more miserable and confused. Because the most miserable person in the world is a person that is not true to themselves. So today, it's a big question. Are you just changing outer garments or has the inner core changed? That's a question on the floor. Are you in Christ? Are you out of Christ? Going two ways. A great church is a great thing, but it doesn't make a great Christian. Okay? Ask yourself, is my core rotten? And that's the reason I struggle with falsehood and lying, speaking truthfully. Because I know what I should be, but I don't have any power in me to be that. And the problem with lying is, you lie too often, you forget who you lied to. And sometimes you forget you lie to God. And you don't even know who it to be when you even you get in his presence. And you're so miserable. So today, simply this. What is my inner core? Am I really in Christ or am I really out of Christ? And only you will know that. As you move the invitation, I want you to simply struggle with what you need to put off and put on. Some of us need to put off the fact that we have changed the outer garment, but we've never changed the core. And the core will always make the outer garment stink. Oh, I smell good. Okay. Let's pray. Father, this morning, as we enter a time of invitation, Paul is not speaking to the world today. He's not speaking to lost people today. He's simply speaking the born-again child of the king. And he's simply saying to them, falsehood is killing us. Lying, living a lie, speaking lies, killing us. Father, we need to understand that when you look at us, we don't have to try to be something. It's not about trying, it's about dying. We must die to ourselves and allow you to resurrect us. We need Lazarus to happen in each of us. That we're born again from the inside from the core, so that we give off the aroma of Christ, not the stink of sin.
So God, there's many people that keep changing the outer garment, but the inner never changes. And they're miserable, man. They don't even know what uniform they're supposed to wear because they're so confused with the, with the, the people around them. So God, today, may we put off falsehood. May we put off lying and speak truthfully because it's our core. It's who we are. So God, during this time, don't let anybody at the sound of my voice who walked in hoping just to come to church to be a better person walk out the same. May they meet Jesus and be changed forever and ever and ever. God, maybe there's a family looking for a church home. Great church. Pray by your spirit, if you're leading them, they will come in obedience today. Father, maybe we just need to come to this altar. And we've sang it a thousand times, I surrender all, but we've never done it once, literally. And so, Father, whatever you need to do, you be God over invitation, and we'll be obedient to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.